she got the price lowered and that was her first syndicated deal. And it was way sophisticated, something that a newbie could not really do. But I'm going to tell you her secret. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. I want to introduce to you Ash Patel. He's a full-time commercial real estate investor. He's going to be doing the interview today and a lot of them moving forward. I'm still going to be doing interviews, just not as many. And he is going to ask tough questions while still building rapport. That way it's not awkward. He's a good friend of mine. Join me in welcoming Ash Patel. Hello, Best Ever listeners. Welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever Show. I'm Ash Patel, and I'm here today with our guest, Terry Painter. Terry is joining us from Portland, Oregon. He is the president and founder of Apartment and Business Loan Store. He's owned real estate investments for over 40 years, and his portfolio currently consists of two rentals, and he is seeking multifamily properties. Before we get started, Terry, can you tell us a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Yes. Thank you for having me, by the way. And just so you know, most of my background comes as a mortgage banker and a commercial mortgage broker. Over the past 24 years, I have financed hundreds of commercial real estate deals. And I still to this day can't wait to get to work. I've been doing it for 24 years and I get to look at a lot of deals and that's fun for me. What are some of the challenges of what you do now? Well, there's always challenges. And basically when you're working with investors, they have already fallen in love with whatever they're going to do and they're behind it. So you don't really want to be the bearer of bad news. And what makes it difficult is because we have been around a long time. We get a lot of inquiries. I have a staff that for the most part takes care of those, but I still work on the phones once in a while. And I'll tell you, it's just that they're so excited and you just don't really want to put their fire out. So I'm very busy, but I'll tell you, somebody has a dynamite property, something really good. I will drop everything and work on their deal because that's how we get deals done. But it is challenging because some people have no money, they have no experience, their credit isn't good, and so on. And yet, maybe they found a great property. Well, if they have, the property is really the key here. Terry, let's dive into that. You said commercial real estate. Does that mean multifamily as well as non-residential commercial? Correct. I would define commercial real estate as any property that is occupied by a business or it's five units or more if it has residents. So that's commercial. And it's also zone commercial. Okay. So again, a retail shopping center, same thing. You'll do those loans? Yes. Same thing. So let's dive into that. If I find a great property and I want a loan from you, how do I get my ducks in order? Okay. That's a very good question. That's really what it's all about. Because I sell money for a living. How good is that? It's pretty cool. (laughs) But on the other hand, if you're going to expect somebody to finance 75% or even more of your investment, you better have your ducks in order. And what that means is you have to actually have the actual financials of the property. A lot of people go for financing too early and they have not actually seen the actual rent roll, the actual P&L statements on the property. And they really don't even know the physical condition of the property. So if you really want to get your foot in the door Like I mentioned earlier, if you find a property that has cash flow today, it's got a great upside. Maybe the rents are under market and you also have the financials for that property. That really will make a difference. 
Also, you want to have your personal financial statement prepared. It's really important that if you don't have much money or experience, that you have somebody join with you, bring in a mentor, somebody that could actually fit in those shoes and help you look really good. Keep in mind, you found that property and that's key. It's going to be your deal because of that alone. I've got so many questions based on just what you've said. Okay, so I find this great property. Do I call you right away and give you a heads up and say, hey, I've got this. I'm working on getting all my documents to you. Do you want that heads up or do you just want the whole packet at once? Actually, I would prefer the heads up. I would really like to get into a dialogue with this person. And this is not something I would recommend to do just to get rich. You've got to really love real estate. You've got to love putting deals together. You've got to love sometimes faking it until you make it. So I'd rather get to know the person a bit. And I'll tell you, people get in the door with me sometimes because they study the lingual. My book has over 500 real estate terms in it. And it's amazing that if you just start talking some of the lingual, like throw in cap rate, cash on cash return, and so on, you'll get the attention of real estate professionals and lenders. But also be prepared, you know, have some excitement behind your presentation and be prepared to tell the lender why this property is going to be successful. So pitch the whole narrative, not just your book of documents. You've got to sell the story of why you want to do this and essentially sell yourself as well. Exactly. Because let's just say you were even just applying for a loan at a bank, your bank, you know, some of the people there, maybe you have a business. A lot of my clients who invest in commercial real estate own business already owns a business. So you might know somebody, but what you want to do is go in and get them excited about your deal because bank employees are underpaid and overworked. They have more deals to look at, more heartburn than they care about. So if you bring in something and get them excited, they're going to enjoy their job more. And you're also going to be selling your deal at the same time. It's a great recipe. That is an epiphany because when most people think of bankers, they probably think of the blue suit that is just heads down looking at numbers. And I didn't know that this narrative was that important but it makes sense. It keeps you fresh in their mind. Maybe it builds some of the excitement in their mind and helping you get this deal done. What types of creative things have you done for somebody who may not qualify on their own, but the deal isn't just right? How can a lender actually help them secure the deal? Well, I'm going to give you an example of my favorite one, actually. So in 2004, this is a while ago, I got this call from a lady named Kelly Fabris. She was an LAPD officer in Los Angeles. And she told me she found this great property called Riverwalk Apartments in Wichita, Kansas, and that she was going to buy it. I always have two qualifying questions. How much money do you have? And what's your experience? Because usually people, if they don't have the money, you're just not going to take the time to work with them. I had already asked her what the price was, and the price was $6.8 million. So she said that she had about... $160,000 and that she owned one rental property. I said, I'm really sorry, but this is not the property for you. What you should do is find a fourplex or something you can afford and have the experience to operate. Well, she would not have any of that. She said, no, this is the property that's right for me. And she actually had taken this course called Maui Millionaires. It's still around. 
where they taught her how to raise investors. And if you find the right property, you could do that. Well, that was something that I had at that time not had much experience doing. But she had so much enthusiasm. That's what I'm talking about. And she was so crystal clear. And she knew the numbers on the property. That impressed me. So I told her, I said, okay, well, you're going to have to bring in some more people. And she brought in a very high-powered executive from Intel, some other investors. And my gosh, she got the price lowered. And that was her first syndicated deal. And it was way sophisticated, something that a newbie could not really do. But I'm going to tell you her secret. She did not friggin' know that she couldn't do it. Most of us think about, oh, no, I can't do that. That's beyond me. But she didn't know that. So that's how she got it done. We'll get back to the show in just two minutes. But first, some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. One of the hardest tasks to balance while scaling your real estate investing business is accounting. Well, realestateaccounting.co takes care of the numbers for you so you can grow your business and revenue. REA helps property managers and investors save time and money by automating back office, financial, admin, and accounting. Starting is quick and seamless, from accounts payable to reconciliations, taxes, and reporting. Go to realestateaccounting.co forward slash best ever to find out how REA clients save on average 30% by leveraging their accounting services versus hiring in-house. With CPAs on staff and being owner-operators themselves, REA knows the challenges of your growing real estate business. Try it risk-free at realestateaccounting.co forward slash best ever. And remember to mention the Best Ever podcast sent you to receive up to $1,800 towards onboarding and services. That's realestateaccounting.co forward slash best ever. If you're not sure where to start investing or need help taking the next step, mentorship and coaching is one of the best ways to get going. Think Multifamily is a leading apartment acquisition and education company who provides true one-on-one coaching to help you invest for your family's future. Their servant leadership approach will guide you to successfully scale your real estate business or assist you to diversify your investments in multifamily. Go to thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching to learn how they help working professionals just like you transform their future through partnering and community. In fact, the majority of real estate investors who partner with Think Multifamily get involved in a general partnership within six months. Thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching highlights the partnerships, joint ventures, and resources all available through the coaching program. Go to thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching to learn how to become a member and get involved. That is a great story and a great example of how the narrative really helps in getting this loan secured. One of the things that I often tell people is get with a lender before you start looking and establish a relationship. So would you prefer that people come to you and say, hey, listen, this is what I'm looking for. Here's my personal balance sheet. Here's my goals and establish that relationship so that when they do find the deal, that part is already done. I actually really stress that in my book. I think it's really important because so many new investors in commercial property, or for that matter, residential investment property, do it backwards. What they do is they try to put the deal together. They tie up the listing broker's time, maybe their broker's time, and the time of investors without actually knowing that they have a loan. If you really think about it, the most important thing in this transaction is having the money to close the deal. So actually knowing what you qualify for and being able to fill in the holes where you don't qualify is really essential. So you absolutely do that right out of the gate. Okay. And part of the underwriting process, so I've got my balance sheet. 
I get as many of the numbers as I can on the property. What if a lot of those numbers are hypothetical? What if there's a fair amount of vacancy in, let's say, a shopping center? How do I convince you that these are the right numbers? Okay, well, here's the thing. In the lending world, we don't deal at all with potential hypothetical numbers, pro formas. And a lot of real estate professionals, especially in this market, with the exception of retail, hotel, and hospitality properties, all other properties, there's just such a low inventory that realtors are really pushing a lot of properties based upon their pro forma, not based on actual. So you're just going to be wasting the lender's time and your investor's time if you do not get the property financials together. So you really need to convince the listing broker, even prior to signing the purchase contract, to give you some of the financials. A lot of times they won't do that. But what you really want to do is deal with actual numbers. We need to know what those are. Okay, next, go ahead, put a pro forma together. Absolutely enhance those numbers based upon fact. Show that market rents are higher. This property is $150 a month less in the market. If it's a multifamily, that you're, all you have to do is spend 4000 per unit and you could bring it up to the level of where these other apartment buildings are renting at these higher rents. Show them what you're planning to do. Don't talk about what ifs. Talk about it from what you've either done in the past or what you plan to do. And what if you're a newer investor with limited capital, but you find a deal that's just over your reach? What can you do to help them? Or what would you recommend that investor do to get the deal done? Well, there's a lot of people that fit that category. And once again, I'm going to go back to what we started this conversation out with. And that's that if you have a a really dynamite property, in other words, what you want to know, and you've got to be able to prove it based on financials, the cash on cash return, the internal rate of return, how much money you need to put into the property and how much is that property going to sell for in five years if you're going to fix and flip it down the road. And what you want to do is money Return speaks to investors. You'd be surprised. Make a list of absolutely everybody you know. Some of the people who you don't think have much money, they're just sitting on some money and they want to diversify and they'd love to invest some money with you. The key is really having a really great property and knowing it. And then you could bring in an investor or two to fill in that gap. Terry, earlier you mentioned variable down payments. What determines if I get to put 20% down or if I have to put 30 or even more percent down? Well, we're talking about commercial property. Commercial property is a cash flow based system. We're talking about net operating income, which most people probably know what that is. It's just gross rental income, less expenses. Okay, so we look at that number and then we take a look at two other items. You take a look at what's the interest rate going to be on that program and what's the amortization. And from that, we could compute the debt service coverage ratio. So let's just say for multifamily properties today, we're looking for an extra 25 cents for every dollar of loan payment you're going to be making. And so that's a 1.25 debt service coverage ratio. And so cash flow really speaks. So often today, because it's so competitive and properties are overpriced, commercial properties, especially multifamily. In the lending world, we look at so many properties that just don't cash flow the loan that they want. It's not going to happen. So you've got to put more money down. And it's so important when you talk to a lender to really know that ahead of time. Find out what a lender's top numbers are. What can they lend? Do they go up to 75%? Then find out what their debt service coverage ratio is. And then take a look at actual financials and see if you could cash flow that property out of the gate. 
So you've seen a lot of deals and you've mentioned that multifamily is overpriced. What asset class do you think is the most attractive right now from a return standpoint? Well, here's the thing. If you go after multifamily in any category, some of my best clients, they cannot find A or B property. And they're looking at C properties right now that are over 40 years old and they're in good shape, but they're priced almost as high as a B property. So what you're really going to be looking for, I would say on this market right now, is actually a repositioning opportunity. That would probably be the best. Or a repurposing property would be even better, but it's really hard to find properties. Repositioning is basically doing value adds, using your ingenuity, your intelligence to actually find value that the seller hasn't cared to implement. So if finding properties with value adds is really number one. Number two is actually repurposing. An example of that, there's so many hotel properties right now that are just tanking. So let's just say you find one in a college town and an opportunity could be to, and this is what we've done this many times, is actually repurpose that, change the purpose of the property to student housing. You could have a lot of single occupancy rental units, which a lot of college students are looking for. So that would be a high risk investment. What would the terms look like on a deal like that? Taking a hotel and there's going to be some period of vacancy while you're doing renovations. To me, that's a pretty high risk deal. How would you fund that? That is so important that you brought that up because we've really got to take a look at risk. Okay, but then you asked it for opportunity. There's a lot of hotels out there that could be repurposed into apartment buildings or student housing or something like that. And in order for this formula to work, you do have to find the property at a really good price. You almost got to steal the property. And that's not easy to do. But just like any business, if it's not earning income, what is it worth? Let's say if you wanted to buy a tire shop and they just haven't been running at a profit. Well, you're not going to pay much for that business. You're only going to pay the depreciated value of the real estate or something. So it's really important to get it for a good price. And then to mitigate the risk, you're going to have to really know what it's going to cost to renovate that property, change the use, and so on. You're going to have to get an actual construction bid. And you're going to have to know how long it's going to take. So it's best to get a bridge loan for a property like that. And what would the buyer have to put down on a deal like that? We do a lot of bridge lending, which are temporary loans. So just bridge a gap between what you want to do today on a property that's not bringing in the income that it needs to cash flow the loan payments to when the property is doing great and fully occupied. So our best programs actually take a look at what the property is going to be worth once it's stabilized. That means that it's occupied at market occupancy. And that's going to be about 75% loan to value, but we might be able to loan you up to for really great property in a good location up to 85%. So because we're in a recession right now, 80%, I would say, of total cost of the project. We're talking about the purchase price, the closing costs, the renovations, payment reserve, perhaps it will be likely in there. Then we would lend you up to 80% of that amount, but it will be constrained by 75% of what the appraised value is in today's market. Okay. That helps a lot. So I have my balance sheet. I have my relationship with you. I have my great story on the property that I'm about to purchase. What else will help me in getting this deal done with you or with any lender? Actually, if you're kind of a newbie, just bringing in a partner that actually has the experience. If you don't show enough net worth and liquidity, enough cash, you want that person you're bringing in as a partner to represent that as well. So 
You also want to bring in a dynamite team of professionals. We're talking about a commercial real estate attorney. We're talking about a really solid property management company because this is a business. The reason that businesses fail is not because they don't necessarily have a great business going on, but it's because they probably aren't managed well. And that's the same thing for commercial real estate. So if you could bring in a management company that fits those shoes, then it's going to really help sell the deal to a lender. That's really helpful. So I would imagine having the whole team, the property management company, the contractor, you would be able to put together a great narrative to the lender. And you mentioned it's a great executive summary. It could be three pages, not much longer than that. Okay. Uh, The lender wants to take a look at the deal and you want to get them excited about it. You could use the same executive summary to get investors excited. If you're going to be doing a syndicated transaction, you'll have a private placement memorandum that will cover that. And you could show that to a lender too. They really know you've got your stuff together if you have a PPM. That's a good way to think about that. Pretend you're pitching investors that are putting their own money in versus a banker that's just lending the bank's money. Yes. Yeah. You'd have to be more convincing, convincing somebody to put out money of their own. That's a great way to look at that. Just remember that excitement sells and also great numbers sell too. Yeah. And again, an epiphany, because we don't think about bankers as exciting people. No, we don't. (laughs) Great epiphany. Give me an example of a deal, Terry, that didn't go so well and why? Meaning a loan that didn't get funded. Do you want me to bring up one where... um, Oh, let's do both. I'll tell you what. Okay. There was the chiropractor. I took a course from one of my colleagues, Peter Harris, who wrote the book, Commercial Real Estate Investment on Dummies. And he and his partner had a seminar circuit, and I would be part of that. I would mostly give my spiel on commercial lending. Anyway, this guy, he just studied. He just did everything right to find a property that needed to be rehabbed in Oklahoma. So what happened, though, and I did as I arranged bridge financing for him, and then he was out of state, and he unfortunately did not manage the property well. Somebody drove by it and said there was like an old mattress and in the driveway and there was dead leaves in the swimming pool and so on. So what happened is that I was also working on a perm loan at the same time for him. He did a lot of the renovation and spent this money with our bridge loan, but then the property went the wrong way. Why? Because the guy was out of state. He didn't drive by the property. He didn't see that mattress in the driveway. He didn't see the leaves rotting in the swimming pool and the bicycles on the patios that were rusting and so on. And what happened is that he didn't realize that his investment was going down the toilet and he was still doing his chiropractor business mostly. So the truth of it is, is that if you're going to be a deal sponsor, you've got to be hands-on. This is your baby. You've got to think about it as taking care of your baby and the buck stops with you. And this guy did everything right, except for being out of state. So he lost the properties at the end of the story. And was that because he wasn't able to make the payments to the lender? Ultimately, yes. Okay. But what happens is actually his bridge loan matured and we no longer had a perm loan for him, you see? So So it's not set in stone. 18-month bridge loan. He had plenty of time. This property had very low occupancy and needed rehab, but he had plenty of time to get it all done and occupied. But just once he got the rehab done, he had per management. So you've got to really have all your ducks in a row to be successful and something like that. He was such a great guy poured his heart and soul into it. So it broke my heart. And it's like, it was my failure as well. Terry, a lot of our best ever listeners have transitioned into becoming full-time real estate investors. And when they do that, they no longer have a W-2 income. They don't have a job. Mm -hmm. And I see a lot of these people on forums and they're saying, how do I get a loan if I don't have income, if I don't have a job? 
how do you address yes. that? Well, fortunately, our firm, we represent Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, CMBS. These are all securitized loan projects, HUD. And we also have some private debt fund money. So income to a bank, that's the most important thing. Bank examiners even, they want businesses and commercial properties to actually have two sources of income. So basically what we would be doing is looking to get you a securitized loan. And those loans started about a million dollars and go up from there. But that's the key because we don't look at personal income. We look at the income of the property and we look at your financial strength. But there are plenty of loans out there that do not require tax returns. And for the most part, we have a lot of people who are in business who just don't want to pay a lot of tax. So they don't show much enough on tax returns to actually get a bank loan. Terry, yeah. if it's a three, four, five hundred thousand dollars loan, what yeah. options does that individual have? So in that case, their options are more limited. If it's a loan of that size, what they are going to have to do is bring in a partner. That has an income. That has an income. Right. And so, I, sorry, at what point does high net worth or large balance sheet usurp the need for an income? Well, actually with a bank, it doesn't. It's quite shocking. We're members of the Oregon Bankers Association and the Mortgage Bankers Association. And basically it's quite shocking, but we have clients that have actually tried to get a loan at a bank with millions of dollars in the bank, but their money was in the stock market or let's just say in treasury bonds, which don't produce enough income. $2 million is not that much if you're making less than 1%. So they can't get a bank loan. So actually, that's where if the loan is only three or 400000 they're going to have to take out a private money loan. There's softer hard money these days, but it's going to be probably at about 7 to 9%. So ouch. Yeah. That's what they're going to qualify for. What's the difference between soft money and hard money? Okay, well, in some ways they're similar. Hard money really is, I would say, 10% and above. We're talking about 10 to 12% on average. Sometimes they go up to 14%. We're not seeing such high rates with hard money lenders today because there's so much hard money out there. Soft money is actually, I would say, between uh, 6 and 9.9%, uh, you know, somewhere in that range. So it's and just the rate. It's really the, the rate okay. and also the points involved as well. So Terry, you see these phenomenal deals every day for many, many years. Have you gotten the bug to go after some of these deals yourself? I do all the time. And my passion is actually new construction. We've done many loans that have been $30, $40 million. And we do a lot of the big stuff these days. It didn't start out that way. When I started out, you know, if I got to 100000 that was a big loan. So I love working with developers. And that's where there's a lot of opportunity there, but it's a big learning curve. So that's where the opportunities today, like I would say, especially in multifamily, where you can actually build a property for less than what you could buy it for, but there's a lot. So when I see land and so on, but the thing about it is that I'm an older guy. I don't know if this is going to be on video or just on audio, but I got to think about every moment of my life and what do I want to do with it. It's really fun just to evaluate deals, but I do see deals all the time that I would love to participate in. And sometimes I do. Not if I'm making the loan out, then it's a conflict of interest. I cannot. But. Sure. I think what drives you is your passion for what you do. And that gives you enough fulfillment on the real estate bug yes, to satisfy I, that. Yeah, I love it. It hasn't been easy. I'm on my third marriage, which I'm not proud of. And I finally learned to live a more balanced life. But I used to, I'm the kind of person that couldn't wait for the weekends to be over so I could go back to work. That's not good when you have a family, you know. Terry, what's your best investing advice ever, whether it's yourself or real estate this time? Okay, my very best advice is to really get to know the property and do not make a decision based upon having fallen head over heels for that property. You won't believe how many times people do that. 
They go by looks. It's like you're dating, you know, and it's the same thing. And in my book, I give an analogy where one of my clients actually thought she was almost like online dating. It's the same thing as looking at properties. So I've had clients that have overpaid for their properties. It's not that they haven't bought them in the right place and at the right time, but they just paid too much. And they have had to spend years to get the net operating income up to where it really made sense. And the best action you could take is, well, first of all, let me back up. Nobody buys a property to purposefully overpay for it. They only do it because they have an emotional attachment to that property. So you're going to make some bad business decisions sometimes because of looks. So be careful. That is great advice. Terry, are you ready for the lightning round? Sure, go ahead. I'm not sure Let's what that is, it. but... Well, first, a quick word from our partners. Mark your calendars for the best ever conference, February 24th through 26th, back in person at the Gaylord Rockies Convention Center. Join the experienced community and phenomenal speakers for a weekend of learning the best commercial real estate strategies, building relationships, and quite frankly, having fun. As a bonus, once you purchase your ticket, you are put into a mini mastermind group of eight to start making connections with other commercial real estate investors immediately. Get the lowest prices right now at BEC2022.com. That's BEC2022.com. Terry, what's the best book you recently read? The best book is actually Passive Investing in Commercial Real Estate by James Kandansky. What makes this book unusual is for those who want to invest in other people's deals. Okay, well... What I love about this book, and I recommend it to some of my deal sponsors, is that you can reverse engineer it, and it tells you exactly from an investor standpoint, what are they looking for to protect themselves? This would be a great book for Joe Fearless to pitch to his clients, because if you reverse the advice in it, it tells you exactly what you need to accomplish and how you need to sell your deals to investors. Good to know. Terry, what's the best ever way you like to give back? I'll tell you what I love to do, and I don't get too much opportunity, but I've done it a number of times, I like to do it more, is I like to actually help new entrepreneurs in developing countries that have no opportunity. And currently, I have a home in the Dominican Republic, it's my winter home, and somebody who's working there, he's Haitian, I said, what's your dream? He said, I would love to own my own store. So my wife and I helped invest in his store, and he's now very successful today. That's a great story. Probably have another store. So that's what I'd love to do is more of that, help people actually get in business that have dreams, developing countries. Good for you. Terry, how can the best ever listeners reach out to you? Okay. Well, if you want to learn just about everything on commercial real estate, I recently had a book published by Wiley. They published the dummies books called the Encyclopedia of Commercial Real Estate Advice. So that book has all my web addresses, but you don't have to buy the book. But otherwise, you could just Google apartmentloanstore.com and you can reach me there. That's my online business. Terry, thank you again for your time today. You've given us some great advice, sharing some of the inside tips on what lenders look for. I've certainly learned a lot, and I had no idea that the narrative and having a team in place, but with the deal itself, was that important. So thank you for sharing all of your advice today, and thank you for being on the show with our best ever listeners. Terry, have a great day. Thank you. It's been fun.